Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rachel Rogers. Today, we are unpacking a topic that I think might be my very favorite topic that I have ever talked about here on the podcast, and that is... Do gently parented children actually get any discipline? Do are we are we just being really permissive over here and just always speaking super 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 sweet and kind to our children all of the time? Those of you that know, know, but those of you that maybe you're like, okay, I'm listening to this episode cuz I'm just waiting for her to tell me how she disciplines her kids and I'm going to disagree with every single thing that she says and I'm going to tell her in the comments on her social media or whatever it is. Maybe there's a few of you skeptics that are listening to this. Maybe somebody, one of our listeners sent this episode to you and thought, hey, you're really going to get a lot out of this. And I hope you do. I hope you stick around to the end. So we are going to talk about some common myths about gentle parenting, first and foremost. We're going to talk about what discipline and gentle parenting looks like. If we're actually doing it, what does it look like? And then I'm going to give you guys a free download and tell you how you can help resolve sibling conflicts how you can model taking accountability, model respect to your children, create safety around emotions while still maintaining boundaries and limits and redirect unwanted behaviors and so much more. So be sure to stick around to the end. All right, let's dive in. So excited about this podcast episode. I'm Rachel and I'm Marcela and you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. I want to talk about are the common myths about gentle parenting. All right. We get them all the time on social media, Marcella and I both. And the first one is that children are in charge. Our children are in charge. They make the rules. They rule the roost, as the old saying would go. And that is just absolutely not true. Do you think that we're crazy? (laughs) Do you think we're outside of our minds? We would never let our children just come in and take over and be like, okay, sweetie, you get to make up all the rules, whatever you want. Mommy says, okay, too. No, we understand. Gentle parents understand that children need to be taught, they need to be led, and they needed to be they need to be guided into better behaviors. We just may have a different path on how to do that, all right? The second thing is that children receive absolutely no discipline, no consequences. Again, the parents are super permissive. The children are never getting any type of leadership, guidance, none of it. They're just ruling the roost again. And the thing that is different, I will say, is the path to disciplining and the path of consequences. In gentle parenting, I I will tell, like in parent coaching, I talk a lot with parents about consequences and um, how we tend to think that consequences are what teaches the lesson, okay? And I have one question. I've said this in some of my free masterclasses before, so you may have heard me say this. If consequences work so well, why do we keep speeding after getting a speeding ticket? Why do we keep eating a whole package of Oreos, even though it makes us feel like we want to like toss our cookies every time we literally toss our cookies every time we do that? Why do 60% of prisoners return to prison after being released? 
if consequences, right? A prison is called a correctional facility. It's meant to correct behavior. Yet in many cases, 60% of cases, all it is doing is temporarily stopping unwanted behavior. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And some of you are like squirming in your seat right now going, wait, well, wait, hold on, hold on. But what, like, okay, then what do I do? How do I teach my kids lessons? We're going to get to what discipline does look like here in just a second. But consequences in gentle parenting are typically, they fall under two categories that I label as natural consequences, a naturally occurring consequence. A good example of that, that a lot of gentle parents will give is if your child says, I don't want to wear my coat today. And you're like, okay, how about you go outside, you feel what it feels like outside and it's like freezing cold and they go out and they experience what is called a natural consequence. They experience cold. And then they come back in there saying, oh, okay, yeah, I do want my jacket. Or they say, no, it feels fine out there. I don't need my jacket. You can say, okay, you can grab your jacket and take it just in case you just, you change your mind whenever you get outside. Once they do get cold and they experience the natural, the naturally occurring consequence. So a natural consequence is something that would just naturally happen if nobody did or said anything. All right. The second thing is what I call correlated consequences. Some people call them logical consequences. I don't know that a lot of people understand what is logical or illogical because a lot of us are walking around in our fight, flight, or freeze response, and we don't make a lot of rational decisions in that place. So I don't like the term logical. I like to use the term correlated. So that means that you want your consequences to be related to whatever unwanted behavior your child had to be reasonable, a reasonable consequence, and to be respectful. An example of this that actually happened recently with my daughter, I made a video about this on my social media if you wanna hear the whole story. We were out of town at an Airbnb and my daughter found a little succulent plant and it was already kind of like not sticking in the styrofoam very well. Well, she started twirling it and when she twirled it, it took all of the styrofoam out of this little succulent plant and it made a massive mess. And whenever I saw it, I said, um, I said, Hey babe, what happened here? And she was like, Oh, she starts crying. And she's like, I was twirling the plant and the styrofoam started going everywhere. And, and I was like, okay, so we have to, this is not our, it's not our home. This is not our belonging. So we have to pay for this in some way. And I said, I'll give you two options. You can either pay by cleaning this mess up and then helping mommy and daddy with some other things around the house, or you can leave one of your toys here in exchange and we'll let the people know that that was your way of payment. And she was like, I'm not, I don't want to leave one of my toys. And I was like, okay, you can clean it up and you can help us clean. That's the other option. And she chose that option. And she actually went through, I did not give her any guidance on how to clean it up. She went through and she picked up. And like, when I say there was so much styrofoam, there were hundreds of little tiny styrofoam pieces all over this little desk area and some on the floor. And she went through and meticulously cleaned up every single piece of this. She is four. And she kept telling me a couple of times, mom, I'm really sorry that I did this. And I just told her, I know, I understand. And I said, but you're learning something here. And that's really valuable that you're learning this. 
And next time we'll know that we've got to take really good care of people's things, you know? And I asked her, I said, you know, next time we go to an Airbnb, and this is once everything had kind of calmed down. Next time we go to an Airbnb or we stay in somebody else's house, what do you think we should do with the things that are there? And she was like, be gentle, be kind to the things, not play with them. And I was like, yeah, those are, those are great ideas, babe. I'm so glad you came up with those on your own, you know? So she did learn the lesson. She realized, okay, I need to, I need to be more mindful of this. And again, she's only four. So that was a correlated consequence. It wasn't naturally occurring. It was just a correlated consequence. The third myth about gentle parenting is that we always use a gentle tone with our children. That we're always saying, oh, please, honey, don't run into the busy street. Oh, please, sweetheart, don't touch that hot stove. That will hurt you, right? <laughs> I'm being a little bit facetious in this because I think it's hilarious that people would ever think that we are always talking gently to our children. In fact, if my daughter's running towards a busy street, I'm actually going to scream. I will not scream stop or no, because those are words that we use in our everyday language, but I do scream things like freeze, danger. And you know what she does? She stops immediately whenever that happens, or if she's about to do something dangerous, this has happened in parking lots. This has happened whenever we've been at home where she's about to like flip on the couch and I will, I will scream freeze danger. And she'll pause and look at me like what? Because those are not words that I use. And I don't regularly yell anymore in our home. So when you're, when you yell on a consistent basis, your children are less likely to take you seriously whenever you do yell for a dangerous situation. But if you rarely yell and you use words in a dangerous situation that you don't typically use, a child will freeze, they will comply, and it's almost immediate. So um, in fact, I think every time I've ever freeze, screamed freeze or danger, her compliance has been immediate. I would call it cooperation because we're working together. So you don't have to use a gentle tone to be a gentle parent. There are a lot of times that we will use a stern or firm voice, firm but kind or firm but caring tone with our children. And I think this is evidenced if you, if you think about like your favorite boss that you've ever had. I doubt that that boss was a micromanager. I doubt that that boss was someone who spoke down to you or that told you what you were doing wrong all the time, or was constantly correcting you and telling you all the things that you needed to do better or do differently, all of that kind of stuff. I doubt that that was that type of person, right? And a lot of us, unfortunately, were raised in homes where micromanaging was the norm with children. And so we might be slipping into that pattern with our children. So if you think about the bosses that you did love, more than likely, they were someone that had high expectations of you but also treated you like a human and was very kind, compassionate, caring, understanding, and really valued you as a person. We can do the exact same thing with our children. The next myth is that gentle parenting does not prepare children for the real world. The real world is not gentle. So how is gentle parenting going to prepare children for the real world? Okay. So a part of me wants to like completely break up with the term gentle parenting because it is so wildly misunderstood. And I don't break up with it because so many people are trying to do it differently. And so I want to stay in this space 
But what I like to call gentle parenting is emotionally regulated parenting. Emotionally regulated parenting is when we learn to keep our cool in the midst of our children doing all sorts of wacky stuff. And we learn to teach them lessons without losing our you know what, okay? We don't have to lose our minds. We don't have to yell, we don't have to threaten, we don't have to bribe or punish in order to get children to cooperate with us. We can move them into cooperation. And I would argue that gentle parenting actually prepares children very, very well, if not far better than, I, I know far better, I'm gonna scratch that. Gentle parenting prepares children far better for the real world because it teaches them how to feel, process through and express their emotions in healthy ways. It teaches them that all behavior communicates a need. It teaches them emotional regulation skills. It teaches, teaches them how to be mentally stable. It teaches them how to effectively communicate and problem solve without moving into fear, aggression, manipulation, or control. And why would we not want to give those gifts to our children. The next myth that we hear is that gentle parenting raises entitled brats who expect everyone to cater to their emotional whims. And here is what, what I think is happening. People believe that when we are gentle to our children that we're stopping at validating their emotions. And we're just saying, oh, little Tommy, you feel sad or you feel mad. Oh, it's okay to feel mad and hit people and scream and kick and throw. I understand. Again, I'm being facetious in my tone and you can probably sense that, you know, like, because we, if we are stopping there, we are doing our children a massive disservice. We have to teach them not just how to feel. A lot of adults need to be taught how to feel properly. I, I work with parents every single day behind the scenes in my coaching groups that are struggling to allow themselves to feel because they were never allowed to feel anything but happy in childhood. They've been taught to suppress their emotions. So not only do we need to let our children feel and give them space to feel and to voice their thoughts and op opinions, we have to teach them how to shape the way that they express those things. And that is where gentle parenting is different. It would be permissive of us to just validate our child's emotions and to let them act however we want them or however they want to act. And that's not what we're doing. In fact, we are teaching our children not to like lean into every emotional whim and to validate all emotions doesn't mean to validate behaviors. We're not saying, oh, however you feel and whatever you want to do is totally okay. You just let it all out. No, no, no. We're here saying, hey, I'm here to help you feel your anger without hitting your brother. I'm here to help you feel sadness without kicking your sister. I'm here to help you feel disappointment without saying mean things to other people. Or I would even probably take out the, the phrase mean, but just say what the child said, you know, without saying X, Y, or Z to your brother or sister or to me, right? I'm here to help you feel this without doing this. And that is emotionally regulated parenting. It's conscious parenting, peaceful parenting. It's supportive parenting, right? It is parenting with understanding. All right, 
Now let's dive into topic number two, which is what does discipline look like in gentle parenting? If we are actually disciplining our kids, what are we, what are we doing, right? So discipline actually stems from the Latin word that means learning. Isn't that interesting? We think of discipline and punishment as synonymous, and they are definitely not the same thing. Discipline means to teach children more appropriate and socially acceptable behaviors to support whatever they are feeling, right? We're not, we're not telling them they have to suppress emotions. We're letting them feel and saying, okay, yes, this is, this is a normal emotion. I'm here to help you feel that emotion. And we've got to learn how to express that in a more appropriate and socially acceptable way. As I said, there are many ways to teach children that don't involve punishment and don't involve making children feel bad about themselves. An interesting fact about children that are under the age of eight is that they view everything through the lens of self. So it's as if they are constantly looking in a mirror. And if we yell at, threaten, bribe, or punish our children consistently during these years, instead of learning, if I hit my sister, that is a bad choice, or that is, a, that is not a good choice, they look into the mirror and they learn, you are a bad person. I am a bad person is the message that they internalize. Um, if we say that made me angry or that did not make mommy happy whenever you did that, they learn I am incapable of making other people happy. And there's all these internal narratives that start to build in those years. And whenever they get to be nine up to 18, those turn and it's, it turns into their inner voice. So being able in these years to be able to teach our children that their actions do not stem from who they are, their worthiness and their goodness does not stem from what they do. It stems from who they are. Our children are good inside. Does anybody follow Dr. Becky at Good Inside? I love the phrase good inside and I love Dr. Becky. And I, I love that she's teaching that children, all people, are good inside. And then they can be ruined by some experiences in their lives. All behavior communicates a need, right? So discipline and gentle parenting, if all behavior does communicate a need, discipline and gentle parenting is going to focus on teaching children why certain behaviors are not appropriate ways to communicate those needs, right? So you think of like, if, if let's take a scenario, for example. So think of it like this. Let's say you have a spouse that works outside the home and you stay home with the kids and you have five kids that are under the age of six, all right? You've been with them all day. You are absolutely exhausted by the time your spouse gets home. And when they come in the door, you are like, oh, thank God you are home. I, I'm, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. Here, take them. I need a minute to myself. And you're really snippy and you are, you know, lashing out maybe at your spouse or partner. And they're thinking, whoa, hold on. I just got home. Why are you treating me like this? All right. So let's say your spouse or partner takes it personally and they say exactly that. Whoa, hold on. I just got home. 
why are you treating me like this? I did nothing wrong to you. What's your problem? You need to talk. You need to be kinder to me. You need to change your tone of voice with me. I don't like that. How are you feeling in your body right now? Do you feel calm? Do you feel connected? Do you feel peaceful? No, not at all. If anything, you're even more pissed off than you were before they got home right? You're even more exhausted, even more overwhelmed. Now you've got your spouse's big feelings to deal with too, right? What if in that moment, your spouse or partner said, okay, I can tell that you've had a really stressful day and you need a minute. Do you need me to give you a hug before you go off to the room to have a little bit of like you time? Or do you just want some space? If they responded to you like that, in your moment of big emotions and big behaviors and lots of overwhelm and stress and your not nice self, not kind self, unkind self, whatever the word is, if they responded to you with compassion and understanding and said, hey, okay, I see, I see that you're overwhelmed. I can see that you're stressed. Would it help if I gave you a hug or do you just need space? And you got to choose between the two of that. Now, how do you feel? immediately, immediately you start to deescalate, right? And then you're like, okay, I, I, you know what? I really don't want to hug right now. I just want to be alone. And they're like, okay, that's okay. Go take a minute. I've got this. And you get to go off by yourself. And maybe they say, you take as long as you need. I understand. I've got this and we'll come back together. You get to take some time And then you get to come back. And what if your spouse or partner was to say, I want to know how I can support you in feeling stress and overwhelm. And it was a little hard for me to hear the way that like whenever I first walked in the door and you were a little bit brash with me, that was a little hard for me. And I want to be able to support you and figure out a way to communicate in our stress a little differently. If there was non-judgment in what they said to you, and if there was, there was still a correction per se, like I really didn't like the way that we interacted back there. And I would love to come up with a way to do that differently, but it was through the lens of connection first before correction, it would feel totally different, right? The same is true for our children. They need the same compassion. They need the same non-judgment. They need the same connection before correction. Because when we do that, logically, what's actually happening in their brains, this is an interesting scientific fact. So if you love science, you're going to love this little piece. But a child's dysregulated brain cannot learn a lesson. It can learn coping mechanisms So if you are always spanking your children, always yelling at them, always threatening them, always punishing them, you are going to see modified behavior out of fear, not out of respect. The two are very different. To respect another person actually means to deeply admire them and to have due regard for that person's feelings, rights, wishes, and traditions. So when I say we model respect to our children, I'm not saying that we model compliance. I'm saying we model having an admiration for them and having a due regard for what they're feeling, what they're thinking, 
what their wishes are and their rights as a human, a little tiny, beautiful human. Our children need that same level of compassion and understanding from us to be able to identify that their behaviors have underlying needs too, and they can be taught in that space, right? We can model things to them, which leads me to my last point. In, in gentle parenting, discipline is modeling the behavior that we want to see from our children to our children. If we want to see better behavior from our children, we need to be behave better towards our children because children mimic what they see modeled. If you are sitting here and you are hearing me say all of this and you're thinking, man, I've heard you say a couple of things that I wanna be able to write down. Maybe you took some notes of some of the verbiage that I listed in this and you're thinking the scripts really helped me. I'm a person who loves scripts. I'm a person who loves verbiage. If that is you, I have the perfect free download available for you. This is a new free download that I released about a month ago, and it is called Considerate Phrases from the Considerate Mama. Um, it is a 28-day calendar where I give you four weeks of transformational phrases that help you resolve sibling conflict, help you take accountability for your own emotions, your own reactions, help you model respect to your children, help create a safe space for their emotions while still maintaining those boundaries and limits, and then redirecting unwanted behaviors. So if this is something that you would love to have, I wanna encourage you to open the description of this video and you are gonna see the link there. You can get that on my website, theconsideratemama.com forward slash freebie. Again, that link is in the description. And if you got something out of this podcast episode, or if you found it helpful, I want to encourage you to both leave a review and to send this to a friend, send it to a family member that is wondering, like, do we actually discipline our children? If maybe you have some family members that are thinking like, I'm not so sure they're disciplining those kids because I've seen some pretty unwanted behaviors in my house. We understand and we're working on those behind the scenes and we are trying to raise emotionally regulated children by being emotionally regulated parents. So thank you for your patience with us would be what I have to say. If you are a customer of HIC Parenting, you can join our private Facebook community, HIC Cycle Breaker, where we have over a thousand like-minded parents and they're ready to support and love you through your parenting journey. And don't forget, it only takes understanding to break your cycle. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week.